0: Welcome to the podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message brings you hope and encouragement. If you want to share what God has done for you, you can email us at saw at rtnchurch.com. That's S A W at SAW stands for Signs and Wonders. And what better way to display God's power than through your testimony? Let's get right into the message.
1: I want to preach about a man named Philip. I want to preach about a man named Philip. And I want you to go into the book of Acts 21. Look with me, please. This is the story of Paul headed to Jerusalem on what would be his last missionary voyage and he is headed to Jerusalem but makes a pit stop in a place called Caesarea I will remind you Luke wrote the book of Acts many believe that most of what he saw in the book of Acts was an eyewitness account as he traveled with the Apostle Paul and Luke is writing and I want you to look at verse number seven when you got it say Amen and when we had finished our jo- voyage from Tyre, we came to Ptolemais, greeted the brethren, and stayed with them one day. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea. And we entered the house. Watch this. We entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven. And we stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. I want to talk today about Philip's house. I want to talk about the kind of house. We've been talking about this for several weeks. The kind of house that God is attracted to. How many want this house to be the kind of house God is attracted to? How many know that if this house is going to be the kind of house that God is attracted to, we're going to have to be the kind of people that attract God? Pray with me now. Father, help us today. For the next few moments, I pray you'll give me the grace, the wisdom, the revelation, and understanding to communicate and clearly articulate your heart for this house. I thank you for the ability today, God, to preach the word of God under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray today, God, that the word would have entrance into our heart. Let it not fall on wayside ground or thorny soil or even stony soil but let today our hearts be open to receive the word of the Lord people with attitudes today God would you just adjust attitudes in this house would you just correct what needs to be corrected align what is misaligned address what has been ignored and bring us all into a place father God of unity of the spirit in the bond of peace I thank you that when you find unity, you command a blessing on a people. So today, God, may there be just a, a, a spirit of unity in our hearts that would not in, in, uh, in every way demand that heaven release a commanded blessing over this place. We thank you, Lord, for Howard High School. I thank you for every other high school and every other middle school and elementary school in this city. I declare over the schools of this county, they will come up under the auspice of the protection of God. I bind every demon spirit of malice, rage, hate, murder, suicide that would try to attack our children. May the hallways, of, come on, people of God, may the hallways of our school be filled with angelic hosts now. I call on angels to come to Howard High School right right now protect that entire campus this school year i pray you will bring a peace Uh, i pray you will bring a protection i ask holy spirit that you will bring a covering over that place over every teacher every administrator every principal bless that group of, of of sons and daughters of our city we pray in jesus name and everybody said amen amen on your way down look at your neighbor say neighbor You look 12 pounds lighter today than you did last Sunday. If you're on keto, keep working it, girl. It's working. Amen. Brother, it's working. Amen. Acts 21, Acts 21, the kind of house that God is attracted to. We have talked for several weeks about the kinds of houses that Jesus entered in the Gospels. And now today we make a transition and we move out of the Gospels into the book of Acts. And what we find as we move from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John into the book of Acts is that the God who moved in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John through the person of Jesus is still moving in the book of Acts through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who carried out and carried on and executed the work of Christ after Christ ascended in Acts 1-8. Some people were nervous that Jesus was getting ready to go back to heaven. The disciples were panicking. They said, Lord, what are we going to do? You're leaving. Jesus said, it's best for you that I go. Get this in your spirit today, church. Jesus told the disciples, it is best for you that I go. For if I do not go away, the comforter cannot come. But if I go away, I will send another comforter and whatever he saw me do, that's what he will do in the earth. The only problem for the devil is that when Jesus in his physical body left planet earth and went back to heaven and the Holy Spirit came down, no longer is there one person on planet earth with the authority of the kingdom and the power of God manifested among them. But now there's an entire army from every kindred, every nation, every tribe and every tongue. And they're all full of the power of God. And everywhere they go, they are tearing the devil's kingdom up and turning the kingdom of darkness upside down. This is why churches need the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't know about you, but I get nervous when people act like the Holy Ghost is an option in the church. The Holy Ghost is not an option in the church. If the Spirit of God isn't working, then I declare to you, blind people stay blind, sick people stay sick, lost people stay lost, sinners stay bound. But when the Spirit of God shows up, the Spirit of God is the one that drives the rebellion out of the rebellion, the alcohol out of the alcoholic, the drug out of the drug addict. Come on, we don't need less of the Holy Spirit. We need more of Him. You think you're wise, we think we're smooth, and we think we can possibly, polish it up and make it presentable but at the end of the day it is still the oil of God that makes the difference in the house of the Lord and when we flip from Matthew, Mark, Luke and John some may expect to see a a, a drop off or some sort of uh, of, of distance between the manifestation of God in the church because now Jesus is no longer here, he's gone but that is not the book of Acts I read Acts is more than a catalog of history. Acts becomes a paradigm of expectation whereby the people of God should read the book of Acts and get hungry to be the kind of church that turns the world upside down. And as you read through the chapters of Acts, you see the most amazing miracles, and I'm not going to be able to talk about all of that today. I want to zero in, however, on on when the move of God really began to manifest in the book of Acts, it began to reveal leaders. It began to reveal leaders. When God's Spirit begins to move, leadership is revealed. When the Spirit of God begins to move, people who have a kingdom assignment begin to surface. And in the book of Acts chapter 6, this is something we often miss in the Bible. In the book of Acts chapter 6, your Bible says that the move of God became so powerful, the 12 apostles dedicated their time to prayer and reading the word, and there arose a dispute in the early church. You and I think we're the only ones that's ever had to deal with a church problem. How many know that even the book of Acts had church issues to deal with? In the book of Acts chapter 6 there were a group of Hellenistic Jews who were upset that they were not, their widows and the people in their particular tribe were not being taken care of and it really posed a threat to the move of God. Now let me say this, you have to have revival. But Acts chapter 6 tells us you can be in the middle of a hotbed, Holy Ghost revival, and if the church doesn't have leadership and structure, the fire can go out. I'm not getting no help right there. You not only have to have people falling in the floor, getting healed, speaking in tongues, demons being cast out, but you've got to be able to take care of the harvest. Because some churches have glory, but they have no structure. You gotta have government and glory. I need some help in the church this morning. I said, You gotta have government and glory. Government is what glory rests upon. You gotta have structures so that when revival comes, you never build a church. Out of structure, church always should start with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But you have to put structure in place to sustain what God is doing. Otherwise, it will blow up and can, be, can become as devastating and, 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 and uh, harmful as it is life-giving if you don't have the right structure in place. And I could take you through church history, even recent church history, and show you that churches that were in revival that didn't understand how to sustain it through proper structure they hindered what God was trying to do in the earth. We have to be a people of the spirit. We have the, the primary priority of this house is the presence of God. At the end of the day, it's what we pursue, it's what we chase, it's what we want, it's what we're hungriest for. We will always, if the coin has to fall on revival or structure, government or glory, we will always be a people who pursue glory. Come on, we will always be a people who pursue revival, but that is no excuse for a church not to have proper leadership in place. One of the things that we, we've been doing, and one of the things that God's blessed us with over the years, are many amazing leaders in the church that do amazing things for the kingdom of God. And while I recognize that that Devin and I is the primary uh, shepherd of this house you know it seems like we have the one that the microphone in our hand most of the time and I understand my role and my responsibility but I'm gonna tell you right now churches cannot become personality cults that worship the person preaching with the microphone the church that is healthiest is a church that raises people up and releases people into a city nation region and a world to make a difference for the cause of Christ and I'm grateful I am grateful for the all that God has done for us but I want to tell you the greatest preachers in our church the greatest missionaries in in our church come on the greatest ministers in our church may never have a microphone but God is getting ready to open a door for them because there are people dying all over the face of the planet that need to know Jesus is Lord and I just believe the Holy Ghost is stirring somebody up to go Amen. revival revival broke out in Acts six and the Bible said that there were a group of leaders a group of members in the church who were frustrated that their needs weren't getting met and so here's what the Bible says this is all in Acts six The Bible says that there was a prayer meeting and the apostles said, we cannot, we cannot ignore time in prayer and time in the word. Now, I wish I had time to talk about this because what they were saying is we know what our job is and priorities are we got to dedicate ourselves to prayer and the word. Let me help everybody in here understand something, whether this is your home church or you're visiting from another one. The most important thing that your pastor can do is not be your best friend. I'm not going to get no help today, but I want to teach this because people, and that doesn't mean that your pastor has uh, uh, the right to be arrogant, pompous, and a punk. I'm letting it sink in because some of you are like, seriously? we thought that preachers were arrogant that's the problem with the pulpit and why there's such little respect in many places for people in the pulpit it's because you're so holy and so powerful you can't even say hi to somebody at the mall and you pastor 12 people and got six bodyguards, and nobody can touch you let me help you understand something shepherds ought to smell like sheep say amen or something i mean jesus touched the people and i know you ain't him The apostle said we got to pray and stay in the word if the pastor's having to mow the grass somebody's watching me and I'm going to help you right now if the pastor's got to mow the grass clean the bathrooms, clean the kitchen clean everything, do everything he's probably not got enough time to take care of prayer and the word and if the man of God isn't praying and reading the word and the woman of God isn't praying and reading the word I don't care how much you like them they're not walking in kingdom authority if this house is going to operate in the oil I've got to be able to stay on my face and stay in the book and the, oh come on in here somebody and I'll never forget several years ago this has probably been eight years ago nine years ago I mean I knew everybody and there were two or three hundred people come to the church at that time and I knew everybody and I went to everything and I, I come to the conclusion one day I, I don't know if I'm paying enough attention to my prayer life and my family and I, I had to get up and tell the church one Sunday, I can't come to every ball game anymore. I can't come to every graduation anymore. I hope this is okay for you. I'm getting some stuff off my chest while I preach today. <laughs> I've got to do what God called me to do so that the house operates in the oil God called it to operate in. And in Acts chapter 6, the Bible's very clear. The apostles knew their role. They had to pray and stay in the word. And, and at the same time, they knew they had to address the needs of the church. So what is the cue? None of this is my sermon, but it's good on the way to it, right? What is the cue for, for a church that is growing, a church that is exploding, where the power of God is moving and souls are getting saved and the church is multiplying, and you got 12 men called the apostles who are overseeing the church at Jerusalem, but you got needs in the church that are not being addressed and met. Here's what they did. They had a prayer meeting and they appointed seven people. They called them deacons. Say deacons. Deacon is not a title. Deacon is a responsibility. And I know we got deacons in our church and I am grateful. We have some amazing uh, deacons and deaconesses in our church amen we have some leaders in our church that are amazing people who help us and and we've got we've got uh, uh, ministry elders in our church that help us and I'm so grateful for for every one of them because without them you could never carry the work of the ministry alone amen. and if the apostles are going to stay in prayer, places of prayer, and stay in the Word. They've got to appoint leadership to get the job done. So the Bible says in Acts chapter 6 that the 12 apostles prayed and fasted and sought God and they looked for men who were full of the Holy Ghost, who were full of wisdom, and this is amazing, men that had a good report. I'm going to walk around for a minute. Because if you don't have a good report... You can't be a leader. Well, Brother Wallace, I speak in nine tongues. Glory to God. But if you are a punk and arrogant and proud, you are unqualified to be in leadership. I don't care how many spiritual gifts you have. Giftedness is not what qualifies you to lead in the house of God. Have you ever met gifted people who get on your nerves? People who, if they just had a touch of humility and kindness. Can we preach on kindness for 30 seconds this morning? Where is the kindness in the body of Christ? Why is everybody so mean and mad sometimes? I mean, you go to, you go to places and, and uh, sitting this past week, I was sitting this past week in a restaurant and saw the ugliest demonstration of humanity only to find out the person went to church. Not here. Cause I'd have fixed something right there in the restaurant. Hallelujah. But it's just this attitude. We're just always uptight and we, we listen, be nice. Be kind. It's a fruit of the spirit. They had a good report with people. So the Bible says, watching this is all just going to where we're going. The Bible says that they appointed seven men. To serve. One of those seven men was a man named Philip. Amen. Philip was one of the original seven deacons of the Jerusalem church, watch this, who did nothing but show compassion and take care of the body. Amen. You have a need? Let me serve. The community have a need? Let me serve. The word deacon means servant. In fact, it comes from the Greek word Diaconos, diakonos, watch, which, watch, a deacon is literally someone who has a will, but their will is swallowed up by the will of a greater. Amen. A person who is saying, you know what, my preference, my agenda, I got one, but it becomes second to what God wants for my life. Amen. A servant. Can we just have some of those kinds of people in the kingdom of God again people who say you know what I've got a will I've got a sir I've got a heart I've I've got a preference but at the end of the day you save me God what do you want me to do with my life I'll do whatever you want me to do serve whoever you want me to serve and go wherever you want me to go Philip started as a servant Amen. now you understand this if you keep reading the 6th chapter of Acts persecution breaks out against the church at Jerusalem. And a man named Saul starts attacking the church. And the Bible says that, watch, when persecution broke out in the church of Jerusalem, go read Acts chapter 7 and Acts chapter 8. When revival, when, pardon me, when persecution breaks out in the Jerusalem church, the Bible says that the church was scattered all over Asia, Judea and Samaria. Now I don't want to get bogged down with this but I do want to tell you that sometimes the church's greatest enemy is comfort. And I want to make sure in this house that as we get in a groove and we get settled into what God's doing here and you know we've come through a very significant season of transition and I I really feel like God is starting to add momentum to the house and that God's blessing and we're getting fresh vision. I just want to make sure everybody in this place understands. Comfort is good, but it's never a promise for a kingdom advancing church. And there are some churches who get so comfortable that if they're not careful, God will allow a season of of persecution to come to scatter and send out those that should have been sent anyway. Uh, God, I could say so much there, but I won't. So persecution comes, and the Bible says in the book of of Acts, chapter eight, that they were sent out all over Samaria. Now, watch the promotion. I'm going. I'm talking today about Philip's house. Say Philip's house. Philip starts with a servant spirit. So the first thing I want you to understand is that Philip's house is first filled with a servanthood spirit. I have been preaching about servanthood spirit for the last several weeks because we live in a consumer. Christian environment and society. Church has become about what makes us happy. Church has become about me, myself, and I. Church, I know people who care nothing about what's happening in the church. They only care that the kids department is making their kids happy. Now let me say something to you that is a cue that we should have the greatest children's department in Chattanooga. And how many are thankful we do have the greatest children's department in Chattanooga? But I want you to hear me tell you that there are things that are more important than just are we all happy. We need to be plugged into a place where God can be honored as we serve Him and serve other people. And if you're not, listen, I said it a week ago, I'll say it again. If servant... If serving people is beyond you, then leadership is above you. You can never serve, you can never be a leader and not be willing first to be a servant. Brother Wallace, my mother was an apostle and told me God had a great plan for my life, great for your mama who gave you a parking lot prophecy. But I want to make sure if you don't have a servanthood spirit, you will never ever unlock the door of potential and purpose that God have for you in your life. Oh, I'm getting ready to holler, preach, scream, sweat, and a whole bit. But I'm going to tell you right now, the key that unlocks the door of your destiny is not you demonstrating how great you are and manifesting your gift on the body. The thing that will unlock the door of destiny for you is doing what nobody wants to do while nobody is looking and loving God every second of the the journey. There are too many people who want a microphone and no wants to do ministry. If you love people, it's not about being seen. It's about loving people when nobody's watching. Yeah. So we come to church and Tobin, Jojo, children's ministry. Come on. It's all about me. And then the people who don't serve have the unmitigated gall to be the first one to complain. I'm getting ready to crawl up on this TV and preach right here. You are mistaken. This isn't about me and you. This, isn't about, this is about him and people. Serve. Philip was a servant before he was anything else. Then persecution comes, scatters the church all over Samaria, Judea, and the, and the region round about, and the Bible says this. And Philip went down to Samaria and preached the gospel. Ah. Uh, what qualified him to go preach in Samaria is that he was faithful, being a servant in Jerusalem. Y'all missing what I'm saying. The Lord is trying to promote some of you, but he can't promote a person that doesn't have the heart of God. How in the world can God elevate you if when you get on a platform, you don't know that it was a right spirit that got you there? There are too many unqualified, illegitimate... Oh, I'm getting ready to say something right here. You... You and I have got to understand. I'll never forget my Sunday school teacher. I went to Sunday school. Every Sunday. Somebody's like, what what is Sunday school? Sunday morning, an hour before church. This is back when I was getting saved every week. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got saved every Sunday before I played the drums. I'm getting ready to go and play the drums. Jesus, save me. (laughs) I'd be sitting in Sunday school. I'll never forget one Sunday, my Sunday school teacher, Stan Gunther, looked at me and he said, last night I had a vision of you, Kevin. He said, you walked through the smallest door, just a little door in the dream. And he said, you walked through that door and then there was a little bit bigger door. And you walked through that door and there was a little bit bigger door. And you walked through that door, and there was a little bit bigger door. And then you walked through that door, and you kept walking through small doors, and they got a little bit bigger until one door you walked through was so huge. But it started with a small door. And when we come here on every Sunday and I get to see all of these beautiful people of God and what the Lord is doing in the inner city of Chattanooga, don't you think for a moment it started in here? Where's my daddy at? Where's my, my daddy here? Dad, stand up. Stand up so the people of God see you. Stand up. Obey. Obey. Stand up. That's my dad. All right? That's Papa. Before I ever got to preach... To multitudes my daddy would carry me when I was 16 17 years old to preach to eight people I'll never forget going to preach to three people and the sermon I preached on was adultery and I knew I wasn't living in adultery I don't know how the other two worked it out but I know it wasn't me living in adultery Y'all not helping nobody today I remember this past week I went to preach in Memphis and, and, and we had a marvelous time The power of God moved on my way home I said, Chris, I want to go through Hollywood, Alabama Because I want to see that little church Where I preached my first revival My first revival Was about eight people in the middle I got my start in Hollywood, hallelujah I preached in Hollywood, Alabama To eight people Two of which were my mother and my father And I had an election Electric blue polyester suit with two-tone black and white shoes, and the and the suit was so loud it looked like it ran on double A batteries. And I got up there every night and I preached my brains out to eight people for six nights. And I know my daddy was saying, why know where we driving two hours to preach." Because, Daddy,
2: I got this little door right now in Hollywood, but oh But I see something coming down the road in Chattanooga. And And if I'm faithful in
1: a few things that don't seem very significant, God's going to open up a door.
2: I need somebody in here to help me preach. If you'll be faithful in serving, God will turn a key called destiny and open up a door no man can shut. I feel like praising God in this church.
1: Slap your neighbor say, neighbor, be neighbor, Be faithful. Can I testify a little more? We got a crowd this morning, but I remember my first Sunday in Ottawa. 34 people. Eight of them were my family and friends. They felt so bad about it that they come crying to us after the first service. Wendell and Bethany came crying. I thought they're going to relocate and come help us. They cried and said, God, don't ever do this to us. Please don't, Lord, Lord, whatever you're doing to Kevin and Devin, don't ever do it to us, Jesus. This man right here was there from the very beginning. Where's Lonnie Hensley? Lonnie, you here? He drives the bus every Sunday. There ain't but a handful of people who were here on that first Sunday. I'm telling you right now, Devin was nine months pregnant. Jeremiah was one year old. She's nine months pregnant with Isaiah. Devin is up singing, leading worship. I'm playing the drums and I'm preaching so all you young preachers in here I'm like I'm not gonna take nothing unless I get the right kind of package shut up if you're called to preach I'm telling you you'll preach to goats
2: and pigs and donkeys and horses I preach to everybody I preach to everything when I first started preaching I went in my backyard And my dog Fido I made him sit there and listen to me preach Point one, point two, and point three And by the time I got through preaching He said, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow Oh, glory I want to tell somebody in this house you got to learn how to be faithful you got to learn how to love God you got to learn how to preach When nobody's helping you preach Say amen, church
1: That first Sunday, that first Sunday we had 34 people. Devin over here singing. Look like she's going to tip over. I'm over here playing the drums. Get off the drums. Go take the offering. Run back to the drums. Get up and preach. 34 people. When I went to preach, I didn't even ask what they were paying me. This is a true story. I'm I'm helping a young preacher in this room today. I need to know my package. I didn't know my package. The whole, When I drove down on the property, the Holy Ghost said, this is where I'm sending you. That's all I needed. Yeah. I went to Bilo and got a job application. I said, I worked three jobs to pastor this church. 34 people. We didn't have the money to pay the bills. I walked in that first Sunday, and lo, I'll never get it. She slid my first paycheck across the desk. I didn't even know I was getting one. She left the room. Never look at a check somebody gives you while they're in the room. She left the room, I turned the check over, I called Devin, I said, Devin, you're not going to believe this. Now, you have to understand something. When I say little doors, first when I was, was a little associate pastor at a church in Athens, and from there, God sent us to Ottawa to pastor 24 people. When I walked in there, I had no clue what I was going to make, I didn't ask. And I'm not telling you this so you say, oh, my pastor is something else. I'm telling some young preachers this so you keep your priorities right. I turned that check over to the dime, Andy Hamilton. It was double what I was making in Athens. I called Devin. I said, Devin, look what the Lord has done. You said, double. It wasn't that much at Athens. Trust me. What I'm trying to tell you is when you take steps of servanthood and faithfulness and you stop worrying about who gets the, credit, you know, it'd be amazing what we could do if we'd stop worrying about who gets the glory. Not unto us, not unto us, but unto you, O Lord, be the glory forever. Philip was a servant. But servanthood turned the key of destiny and he goes to Samaria and a deacon becomes an evangelist. promotion comes from those who know how to serve. Promotion comes for those who know how to serve. The Bible said that he began to preach in Samaria. Samaria was under the spell and the hex. Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost getting on me now. It was under a spell and a hex from a witch and a warlock. His name was Simon. He had cast a spell over the whole city. The whole city whole city was mine. Their mind was bound and they were trapped in the magic and the and the mystery and the persona of this man Simon the whole city was under a spell nothing was alive nothing was growing in the kingdom nothing was moving but when a man with a servant spirit got down into a city that was full of the devil Jesus was getting ready to show that city that one deacon full of the Holy Ghost is more powerful than a witch and a warlock who keeps releasing a curse I don't know who I came in here to preach to but for about the past two months I keep feeling
2: like God is giving us victory over the realms of darkness in this city. I don't know who knows what I'm talking about but I came to tell you you cannot curse what God has blessed. When God blesses it, you can curse it, hex it, you can cut a chicken and sprinkle blood in the parking lot but if God be for me who can be? Oh, somebody praise God if you know Jesus broke every curse.
1: The Bible said that that Philip started preaching, and demons were coming out of people, and people were getting healed, and sicknesses were leaving, and the whole city gets caught up in revival. He whoosh! one man turned the whole city upside down and we talk about well we don't have no influence no, we don't have the Holy Ghost that's why there's no influence in the city churches have got to do more than have nice shows and bells and whistles, you gotta have the power of Almighty God the Bible said watch, the whole city, read it in, it's in Acts 8, the whole city is turned upside down And God comes to the evangelist in the middle of a red-hot revival and said, I need you to go somewhere else. You need me to do what? Have you ever, listen, I could understand if the revival in Samaria was a train wreck. But Samaria is on fire with the glory of God. And God says, I'm going to need you to leave that. And i got to take you to a desert? Read your Bible, church. He goes down to Gaza, the middle of nowhere. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. He leaves the multitude and goes to the wilderness just because God said. Amen. I got delivered this week reading this. Because you, know you know how some people will treat you when you obey a word from God that they didn't hear? <laughs> Have you ever had God tell you something that he didn't bother telling your best friends? And you acted on what he said because you heard what he said. But other people who just knew you who didn't hear what you heard. Start thinking differently about you because you obeyed something you heard that they didn't hear. Philip, why are you going down there? Philip, you are successful. Philip, the whole city is turned upside down. Everybody getting saved. Demons are coming out of people. Sicknesses are being healed, and you're leaving over one word. Can you confirm it 21 days, God? Before I leave this, can you give me 18 confirmations, Lord? Y'all know that's how we are. Come on. I need a confirmation. I need a confirmation, Lord. One word. I had some people misunderstand my obedience to one word. but it only took him one word to send me to Udawah. I didn't have to have confirmations. When he spoke, I knew it. And when he told me to do something else a year and a half ago, I didn't need 14 confirmations. The same voice that led (sighs) me. What I'm trying to tell you is this family, you gotta make up your mind who you're going to please. Pleasing God doesn't always make it easy for your relationships with people. But you got to do your best to do it with honor and love God and let the rest happen and God get the glory. He took Philip out of a successful season, watch, and put him in a wilderness. Watch, you ready for this? He goes from the multitudes to a man. Everybody wants to go to the multitudes. Everybody wants the church to be full. But Jesus wanted Philip to preach to one man. So he gets out in the middle of a wilderness and he leaves the multitude. See, because watch, not only can you be a servant, but if you're a real true evangelist, you don't do it for crowds. The shepherd thinks about the one much differently than we do because the problem with us in this modern day thing we call the church is that we think noses means more nickels I like it when I offend half the congregation in one statement we are possessed with the spirit of mammon we build churches not according to what the spirit is saying but according to how many nickels and noses will we attract? I'm gonna preach. You gotta be real careful that you d- do. You understand what happened when Philip left the multitude and went to the wilderness for one person? He goes into the wilderness. This is all in Acts chapter 8. We're getting to Philip's house, but you gotta know what kind of house this is. This is a man who was a deacon, a servant at first, then became an evangelist. He turns an entire city upside down and God gives him one word. I need you to go to the wilderness, the desert of Gaza. He goes down to the desert of Gaza, gets there and he's going, okay, what do you want me to do here? And here comes, ready for this, an Ethiopian eunuch.
2: (laughs) One dude riding the chariot.
1: Come on, that was an Ethiopian brother. You know that chariot. (laughs) Y'all, for real. Come on in here. He had spinners on that chariot. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Somebody smile. Come on. He had 18s on the back of that chariot, Quintel. Come on, man. You better laugh. He's out in the middle of a wilderness. He just leaves a hot revival and there's an Ethiopian brother in a chariot reading from the book of Isaiah about this suffering servant. And he don't even know who he's reading about and the Holy Ghost says, Philip, I want you to go get connected to that man's chariot. Here is a Jewish man getting ready to connect with an Ethiopian man y'all not seeing this thing See, God will often pull you out of something successful to create a paradigm in the earth that has yet to be established. Oh my God, I feel the Lord on me right now. When we made a transition last year, I didn't know what God was saying, all of it, but I knew I heard him say this in prayer. Streams are coming together. Streams are coming together. I said, what does that mean? And I'm living in it right now. God is bringing streams together from all over the kingdom and some of us are going to have to understand you got to be willing to leave something successful sometimes to obey God and get to something that's never been done before a Jewish man connects with an Ethiopian man and they just start riding together and Philip starts preaching to one Ethiopian man about Jesus And the Ethiopian man, he gets so happy. He finds the Lord in the chariot. Spinners spinning, 18s bumping, Philip preaching. God, I wish y'all would smile. And he looks at Philip and says, What is hindering me from being baptized? And in the middle of a desert, they find a river. Read your Bible Read your Bible In the middle of a death I'm telling you God right now Is getting ready to shanta. He's getting ready To create some rivers
2: In dry places When you obey the Holy Ghost You can walk in a dry place And when you get there God will make a river In the wilderness Oh God. Whenever you follow the Lord, he'll never let you have a dry season. Your Bible said that the Ethiopian looked at Philip. He said, what's hindering me from being baptized? They climbed down out of the chariot. He baptized the Ethiopian in the water. Philip disappeared.
1: Give me a Bible. Give me a Bible. Y'all don't believe me. I could have got mine. I didn't mean mine. I wanted to steal yours. Watch. My fault. I don't have my glasses, so I'm going to have to hold it real close. uh, Acts 8. Thank you. What does hinder me from being baptized? He answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, said the Ethiopian so he commanded the chariot to stand still Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized the Ethiopian eunuch now when they came up out of the water the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away can you imagine being an Ethiopian brother in the wilderness and a Jewish man just baptized you and y'all come up out the water, and the Jewish man disappears. But do you know what? That, that Ethiopian didn't get preacher religion. Because when Philip disappeared, the Bible says the next verse, but the Ethiopian kept his joy. Look at somebody tell him, I still got my joy. Oh, yes, I do. My favorite preacher may have fallen, but I still got my joy.
2: My favorite bishop may have left, but I still got my joy. Some of you got to learn how to keep your joy. Your joy is not just tied to somebody, but your joy is tied to a kingdom. And I want to remind you, you're still a citizen of the kingdom of God.
1: He kept his joy. Now watch this. You don't get this out of the Bible, but if you read extra biblical church history, here's what you're going to find. This is a fact. The one man that Philip went to the desert to preach to from Ethiopia, went back to Africa and started the church and turned an entire continent upside down. Well, why in the world would the Lord call me out of Samaria to preach
2: to one Ethiopian? Because God has got his mind on an entire continent. And if you'll be faithful to go where nobody else wants to go, God will give you the influence to shake a whole nation. My God, somebody help me preach. I'm telling you, I feel like God is about to raise up sons and daughters out of this house that will go minister to the one and the one
1: will turn the whole nation upside down. Now watch. Okay, so see how far we get into this. That This house of Philip is one of servanthood. It's one of evangelism. Well, you know, Brother Wallace, I'm just not called to evangelism. Actually, you are. Saved people are called to the ministry of reconciliation. You do not get saved and have the privilege of letting me do your evangelizing for you. Well, I'm just introverted. No, it's a lack of boldness. And the only reason we like boldness is because we're not full enough of the Holy Spirit. If you get filled with the Holy Spirit, God will turn an introvert into a devil's worst nightmare. Well, I'm just quiet. You're quiet until your cup runs over. If your cup ever runs over, you can't keep it in. Well, I said I wouldn't tell it to a living soul. How he bought salvation and he made me whole. But I found I couldn't hide such love. Jesus did impart. Cause it makes me laugh and it makes me cry. Sets my happiest soul on fire when God dips his love in my heart Philip was a servant and was an evangelist but then watch, he moves from Samaria read the text, works himself all the way up the coast preaching in every city and gets to a place called Caesarea and for 20 Years he ministers out of his house with his four virgin daughters who were prophetesses. This is, don't miss it, this is a house of prophetic evangelism. Oh my Jesus, do you understand? It's a house of prophetic evangelism. Philip is an evangelist, he has four daughters who prophesy oh my Jesus do you want me to do it yes okay I don't believe in women preachers now I recently found out there are people here who don't so we're glad you stayed a while but I want to fix the thing church history tells us about these. See, I feel it when I say it. I feel that, that thing. You're trying to endure to the end this one sermon. It is why there is turmoil in the kingdom right now. It is, It is. listen to me we have this whole thing with racism and division and, and we don't know how to embrace diversity of nations and cultures and we have this whole thing of, of putting women in the shadow so that men can prance to the front and listen I do believe that women have a role in the home. I do believe that according to the word of God in the house man should be the husband, the house man, the one that keeps the house together who should protect and oversee and and stand in the gap for his family there is a place for a man to be a leader in the home but I want to tell you right now when the Bible talks about a woman in the Old Testament it uses the word Ezer God looked at Eve and said I want you to be a helpmeet." that word in the Hebrew is the word Ezer it's the same word God used for himself when he said I am a mighty warrior he said I'm a mighty Ezer when he looked at Eve he said I want you to be an Ezer I want you to be a mighty warrior.
2: This whole thing of women just carrying a Bible for a man and cooking him chicken after he gets through preaching is for the birds. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. And I come to tell you ladies, it's the day of the daughter. God's raising up women who are full of the Holy Ghost as your bishop and your pastor I release you to prophesy God
1: well they can't be bishops the last time I checked most bishops don't know how to prophesy This is a day of This is a day when God is unlocking the mouths of Deborah's I'm, I'm not talking about women usurping men but the insecurity in the body of Christ that is being spewed from men you gotta be real careful you say, Pastor, then what does First Timothy, ch- I'll, talk, I'll teach one Sunday about First Timothy for you when it says women should keep silent in the church. But if you interpret that to mean women never speak in church, you've already taken yourself out of context with other passages in the Word of God that clearly demonstrate women had something to say. I'm trying Philip had four daughters who prophesied do you know one reason I think he had to get away from Jerusalem cause I'm not sure Jerusalem knew how to handle the daughters
2: I feel like starting a war in here this morning Slap your neighbor, and say, Let the daughters prophesy.
1: I got men right now getting real nervous. Oh, God, not my wife, not my wife, Jesus, Holy Ghost not my wife yes your wife your little biscuit cooking
2: fingernail having perm wearing weave wearing extension wearing wife is getting ready to get filled with the Holy Ghost God is getting ready to raise up daughters who will prophesy I'm
1: what time? God I gotta go I done started a fight in Chattanooga Today, sweet little Shelby started singing, The river is rising, rising, rising. And we're like, oh, that's a cute little bridge. That wasn't a bridge. That's a daughter prophesied. If you want me to walk you through the word, I can tell you how the Bible called Miriam a prophetess. The Bible called Deborah a leader, a prophetess, a judge who sat under the palm tree and worked on behalf of God. Keep walking through the Bible and you see Hannah operated under the power of the Spirit. When you walk through the Word of God and you see God moving, listen, I want to make sure we understand that the move of God happening in this hour is not an exclusive move. It's an international move. Multi generational. There is neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, bound nor free, for all of us are one in Christ. Now, 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 I will qualify. I will qualify. I got no problem qualifying. Sisters, just like brothers and everyone else in the church everyone has to submit to authority. But every Christian is required to, to submit to submit to authority. And this notion that just because a sister wants to be released and empowered to prophesy, she has some kind of attitude. Where's my towel at? I'm sweating and hollering and stuff. I, I recently got into a little conversation with a bishop. I am a bishop, so I know what a bishop is. And uh, he said to me, we're having a conversation about sisters in leadership ministry in the church. And he said, why do women care about titles? Let's just do away with them wanting titles. I said, okay, if titles aren't that big a deal, get rid of yours. I'm not here to argue whether women can be a bishop or not. I'm here to say you can't shut them up. Because I'm going to tell you what's fixing to happen. If some Zecharias don't get with the program, God's going to put a spirit of inability to say anything on them. This is heavy. And I'm saying this to you this morning because I want to make sure you know as we go forward in this house, sons and daughters will prophesy. Amen. You know me, I just minister out of my heart. I, I get oblivious to people sometimes, you know, their, their issues they have with us. And I was re- recently made aware, oh, women in the church having microphones in their hand make some people nervous. And I'm like, for real, in our church? Let me fix that this Sunday. Men, spiritual fathers, need to provide the kind of home that released their daughters. And then I have someone, there are are theologians who believe that they prophesied every now and then. The problem with that is the participle in the Greek doesn't agree with that kind of presupposition. In the Greek, the, the participle is they were continually prophesying. Philip had four daughters who continually operated in a prophetic anointing. Amen. Now, here's, what, here's my point. Uh, Bron, help me. I'm, sw- I'm, I'm changing right here. You have this father who has an evangelistic thrust and a servant heart who raises four daughters who are very different than their father. Can you imagine being Philip the deacon? <laughs> Philip the evangelist? And then everybody's like, hey, can we come to your house? And you walk into his house and the daughters are like, the Spirit of God is showing me. <laughs> Philip's house was swirling with prophetic activity. Do you know why this generation that we're sitting in right now is getting ready to walk in a dimension of glory that our forefathers never walked in because the prophets are coming? <laughs> Well, I don't believe in prophets. That's why there's no power in the church. The only thing we've ever honored in the church in the last hundred years is pastors. And the church has become so pastor heavy. The problem with that is when Jesus built the church, he gave five gifts to the body of Christ. Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. If all you like is your pastor and you never are exposed to the prophetic or the apostolic, you are not running on all cylinders. Everybody may like each other, everybody may be happy, everybody may smile, the church may feel good, but if there's no prophet, then sin goes unrebuked. If there's no apostle, there's no government in the house, and we've got to do more than just have good pastors. Well, I don't know if I like it when a woman comes to the pulpit to prophesy. I need you to conquer that in your heart. Cause I had to conquer it in mine raised my whole life to think a preacher's wife ought to play the piano and sing in the key of G she doesn't do either come on Dev sing I'd rather pray I didn't marry a singing wife she can sing, she got a beautiful voice I married this little violent thing <laughs> she's like a little <laughs> 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 took me about eight years to stop trying to make her just my preacher's wife <laughs> and to embrace that she was God's daughter And I want every young lady in this room to hear me right now. I take seriously the call of God on my life to be a spiritual father to a generation. And I don't ever want you to have to hear a conversation that causes you to question God's ability to speak through you in your generation. I don't ever want you to have to hear words like, women keep, that, we quote things out of context and it brings great harm on the body. In this house, we're about to really, really go. Jesus said, go ye into all the world. He didn't say sit ye, he said go ye. Two thirds of God's name is go. Two-thirds of God's name is go. So God's getting ready to release and deputize. And I, I'm going to go, I got to get deeper into this probably next week about this whole thing of the prophetic swirl. <sighs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: I want everyone to pray for the interpretation right now. Ask God to give us the interpretation.
3: you but you would not do it but I say to you that my spirit is among you and it shall move upon you and it shall bring you to Jesus. a place that you've never been before Jesus. but it is of me so go forth go forth in
1: my name and I shall accomplish it thank you father we receive your word this morning stand with me all of this room lift your hands to heaven right now I wanted to make a declaration over this house. God spoke this to me in the baptism of this church right up there behind that screen during the 90 day revival. I'll never forget baptizing hundreds of people that night. And I was standing there in the water with Damon Thompson baptizing people and I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me. Prophetic conversation will become normal in your day-to-day living. And i thought what does and i heard it so strong what does that mean prophetic conversation and here's what i felt like god was saying god is catching up us catching us up in the swirl of heavenly places and you're going to begin to just be talking to people thinking this is just a conversation and it's going to become become a prophetic opportunity for someone to enter the kingdom of Philip was an evangelist. His daughters were prophetic. When you get this thing together of prophetic evangelism, listen, church history teaches us that these four women, the four daughters of Philip, these four women raised the dead. I didn't, I'm not making this up. It's in church history. Eusebius, the church historian wrote of the daughters of Philip who literally raised the dead. They're living in Caesarea for 20 years. Prophetic evangelism, turning a whole city upside down. And how powerful is it that Paul on his way to Jerusalem knows of the reputation of Philip's house. Amen. And he stops by to meet the evangelist and his four daughters who were prophetesses. See, you may feel like you're in obscurity. But when you have the prophetic swirl of heaven happening, it makes news. It has influence. There is a reason why the enemy attacks the prophetic. I didn't say pathetic. I said prophetic. There's a lot of pathetic stuff happening. But how many know there is an authentic thing going on in the earth called the prophetic activity of God? And if the church doesn't embrace it, she will miss an apostolic move of God that is going to be like a tsunami tidal wave that is going to overthrow darkness. Little cute church services don't cut it anymore. Go ahead.
0: said I would be quiet today, but um, I do have a prophetic word the Lord gave me. When the drummers were leaving the sanctuary today, I think it's fitting to share in this moment. I heard the word over and over deploy 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 i looked up the definition and deploy means to move troops or equipment into position for military action the lord said today the drum line released a sound into the atmosphere of this house that was a prophetic picture from the lord today the sound of marching orders came from our sanctuary and now heaven is moving as that cadence has played uh. Today is a day of deployment for this house. We have specific marching orders to go out into this city into battle zones to engage principalities. And one of these battle zones is our school. The Lord's schools. The Lord says, as we walk in dominion, each step we take will have light and light will dethrone principalities who have been positioned in high places over our school systems. Jesus. Over each school, the Lord says there have been principalities who have reigned, but as people from this house are deployed, the light will pull them down and we will see victory. So today is a day to march forth and that sound came from children in our city.
1: Lord, let this house be a wineskin that can handle everything you want to pour in it. I pray you'll never have to wait again. It's like I see the Father wanting to pour something out, but He knows if He does, it, it could destroy the wineskin. The Lord says it won't destroy it anymore. I can trust this house to receive it. If you want to become that kind of person that can just take what God is trying to do in this generation and you want to be a good steward of the outpouring of God, throw both your hands up right now. Throw both your hands up. We say yes to you, Lord. We say yes to you today, God. We say yes that I lose sons and daughters right now. I lose sons and daughters right now. I pray the Holy Ghost of heaven Would fill people in this place with the prophetic unction of God. People who never prophesied in their life. There are some sisters in here. The spirit of the living God is getting ready to bubble up out of your heart. And I'm not talking about it just in church this morning. I'm talking about it as a way of life. There is coming an overflow of prophetic anointing on you. This is going to become supernatural in ways God's going to begin to show some of you sisters things going on in people's lives and it's going to just break the heavenlies open over them. There's some evangelists in this place. God's going to take you beyond just evangelism. Into this prophetic evangelism thing Where the witness of the spirit The sensitivity to the Holy Spirit Is going to cause great effectiveness on you You're you're not ever going to preach like I preach You're not going to have to preach like I preach It's this prophetic evangelism It's just sharing one or two little sentences That the spirit of the Lord is going to give you I feel the Holy Ghost rising It's just one or two little sentences God's going to show you about somebody That's going to open a door Mary Oh, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands. He's here. The Spirit of the Lord, the anointing of God's Spirit is coming upon you right now. The anointing. I'm not just saying this. I don't say this every Sunday, but I, I felt like in prayer this whole week that God was going to let prophetic swirls huh, sh- lift your hands church lift your hands church some of some of us there's a religious thing god is tearing off and he's putting in a kingdom a kingdom wine skin right now i release this house chattanooga is going to hear the word of the lord chattanooga is going to hear the word of the lord a prophetic anointing that is going to shape a city in the name of the Lord. And I see this happening in other churches. I see that there are there is a Baptist preacher that's about to get prophetic. There is a Baptist preacher that is about to get prophetic. Many of you know this, but Chattanooga was bound up in religion for many years until one of my spiritual fathers, Ron Phillips, was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Woo! in in 1989 the Holy Ghost came on a Baptist preacher he was filled with the Holy Ghost and it turned his church and this entire city upside down and I see in the Holy Ghost there is an African American Baptist preacher in this city that God is about to fill with the Holy Ghost I need somebody to lift your hands and begin to pray right now God I pray for preachers all over this city I pray against religion I pray an invasion of the kingdom of God would come somebody open the doors with worship right now somebody lift your voice and open the doors of the kingdom keep the door open today God let the kingdom of God invade this city let the Holy Ghost invade this city fill preachers with the Holy Ghost come on lift your voice church lift your voice church the kingdom of God is here the kingdom of God is here. I need some people to come down to the altar and worship. The spirit of the Lord wants to break out in this house. I need some worshipers to come down to this altar right now.
2: Pour out the oil and the wine. Pour out the oil and the wine. Spirit of the living God. Come on. Come on. Fill this altar with worship. Hallelujah. I lose the daughters. I lose the daughters. I lose the daughters in the name of Jesus.
1: Oh,
2: Yeah. Hallelujah.
1: I know it's really late we got another service to get in here but last night in intercessory prayer the Holy Ghost said the doors of the kingdom are gonna be kicked wide open today I need somebody to become that worshiper see worship is the hinge the doors open on I need some of you to all your hinges open up your mouth right now you you may have never done this before but I need you to welcome the king of glory in this
2: room right now come on lift your voice lift your voice I'll loose you in the name of the Lord yeah! The language of the kingdom! The language of the kingdom is breaking now. The of the kingdom is breaking now. The of the kingdom is breaking now. Right now. Receive right the Holy Ghost! Receive goodness. the Holy Ghost! breaking now. The nature of the kingdom is breaking now. Right now. Right now. Healing. The healing of the nations is breaking now. Miracles and Miracles wonders. and wonders are breaking now. The atmosphere of heaven is breaking now. Right now.
1: Right now. I need some help. I need some men to get these curtains and move them out of the way. We'll try to move them back before second service. But last night I told the prayer team we're going to touch and pray over every seat. Even though right now because we're in two services, the middle section is the only section we feel. I declare the harvest is coming. I declare to it, it's time to expand our tent, pull up the pegs, increases on the way.
2: I want somebody right now to lift up a mighty shout of praise. Come on, get some strength, Zion. I said, lift up a shout of triumph. Lift up a mighty shout of triumph. The King of Glory is coming to Chattanooga. The language, come on. The language of the kingdom. Lift is up your show. The culture of the kingdom is breaking out. The, 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 is the nature of the kingdom is breaking down. The nature of the kingdom is breaking down. Right now. Right now. The healing of the, the, nation. of the nations is breaking down. The miracles, and, miracles wonders. and wonders are breaking down. The, the atmosphere of is breaking down. God take the rest. Right Messiah, burn fire, burn! Shun down of our satan. Oh, glory of God, we thank you, Lord. Woo. Oh yeah!
1: I want every. I know this sounds crazy, but I need the daughters to lift your hands right now, all the daughters. I didn't know we were going this way today, but I need all the daughters. Lift your hands right now. If there's a daughter near you, put your hand on their shoulder, gently, reverently, holy. I release you now I release you now to operate in this prophetic grace this grace of the Bokamansayate sister you don't have to shout loud and preach loud to be prophetic some of you are going to be very graceful I mean it's I, I I see a sister in here it's it's as if there's this beautiful grace on you you just have a dress on your hair is all done your high heels are on your (laughs) i mean we got this thing in our mind that if i'm going to prophesy i've got to holler and sweat like pastor to to do no 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 there is a grace on you dear sister to operate in a power that has nothing to do with your volume it is an anointing that comes straight from heaven Sweet lady, would you come here? I don't know you very well, but I want to pray for you. Come here, honey. It's on you. This grace is on you. She's I loose you right now just to walk in it. Lift your hands, sweetie. The grace of God. The gra- come on, pray in the Holy Ghost, church. Pray in the Holy Ghost, church. Grace, grace, grace. I'm, 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 I'm not giving it to you. I'm just releasing what he already put in you. Woo! I'm just releasing what he already put in you. I'm agreeing with heaven right now. Nothing Well, Come on, pray in the spirit. If there's a woman near you with their hands up, just lay your hand and just think of there's a release coming right now. There's a Baba shake There's a release coming right now. It's already up here. I need people praying in the Holy Ghost all over this church. Daughters, it's the day of the daughter. The Lord is releasing daughters. I lose you now. I lose you now. I lose you now. I release you now. I release you, you now. All these young ladies in this house, I release you now. It's the day of the daughter. The Holy Ghost is filling you right now, sisters. The Holy Ghost is filling you right now, ladies. The Holy Ghost is... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grace. I release you right now. I release you right now. I release you right now. Grace. 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 Grace of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord oh bo Roshata Jesus listen there's a reason why Philip stayed 20 years in Caesarea and had great kingdom influence there it's because there was a prophetic evangelism in the house with a servant spirit an obedient heart this Philip is the man that served and obeyed and went where God told him to go he had four daughters that were raised in this grace and they become mighty mighty, mighty prophetesses in the kingdom I declare over this house we will not be trapped in a war over titles this house will release sons and daughters to prophesy I declare over you, teenage girls and young men, ladies and young men. You're going to prophesy over your generation. You're not coming into agreement with the realm of darkness. You're going to prophesy the word of the Lord over your generation. And darkness is going to back up. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Darkness is going to back up. Lift your hands one more time, church. Lift your hands one more time. Why would Paul want to stay there many days? Because he liked what was happening in that house. That prophetic evangelism. Jesus, you're going to turn cities upside
2: down.
1: (laughs) (sighs) there is a work happening in your life sweet lady it started two weeks ago but you haven't seen anything yet not only did he free you but now he's filling you Jesus 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 we gotta get the other we have to get the other group in I love you lift your hands one last time Jesus bless him. As you go, go in this anointing. Go in the grace of the Father. Go knowing that you are free to make declaration and prophesy the word of the Lord in your generation. Bless, bless, bless now. Shake hands with each other as you go out the side doors. We love you. Don't miss Wednesday night. Fasting starts tonight at midnight. Be a part of it with us. Wednesday night at 7, revival's gonna break out. I'd be here if I were you. Don't miss it. We love you. Go in the peace of God.